Colts get the win. This is the Colts call-in live post-game show. Join us. We want to hear from you. This is going to be awesome. We enjoy these much more when the Colts win, as you might guess. And uh, so that's, that is exactly what we are, uh, what we're doing right now. And uh, I want to hear from you as, as we all kind of revel in uh, what the Colts have done. Uh, this has been one of the weirdest weeks of all time in the history of the National Football League. Bill Cower, former co- uh, coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, just kind of laid waste to Jeff Saturday, the Indianapolis Colts, saying that his hire was a disgrace to the game and a, a disgrace to the coaching profession. That uh, was proven, I think, unworthy of discussion tonight as the Colts get over on the Las Vegas Raiders 25-20, to 20, uh, a game that was just about as crazy as the, uh, the, the rest of the week has been. So let's get right to the calls. And uh, let's talk to Fulton. How you doing, Fulton? Have, have, I, I assume you're happy as can be, having I'm a great happy. night. Yeah, my mom's happy and I'm happy. What did you think of Jeff Saturday's debut? Um, he was awesome. Like, he was um, doing the um, – he was talking back and forth um, about the offense and then the defense – yeah, defense was awesome, too. I appreciate it, Fulton. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Adam. Hey, Adam, how are you doing this evening? Good to talk to you. Make sure to unmute yourself. What would you think of Jeff? Um, I thought, like, he did really good. And I also wanted to say, uh, how about Stephon Gilmore making a play? You know what? Not only did Gilmore make a play, but absolutely the guy that Derek Carr read as this is the side of the field I don't want to throw to. We saw number five make like two plays all night long because Derek Carr didn't throw in his direction. That's how good he's been the entire year. And, and the Colts, while, while, you know what, four, five, and one isn't great, but you look at Grover Stewart and you look at Stephon Gilmore, those guys have been Pro Bowl caliber, uh, defensive players, if not all pro caliber defensive players. Um, let's go to, uh, um, because he left, I want to talk to him for a minute. Let's go to Stellos and uh, make sure and unmute yourself, Stellos. Big win for Hello. the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, yes, a very nice win. Uh, I believe that uh, Jeff Saturday job ended before the game, preparing the team uh, psychologically. Then the the Park Fraser. <clears throat> I'm sorry about that. Park Fraser took over the game. A very nice play calling, in my opinion. Uh, controlled, okay. The um, the defensive line with uh, Grover Stewart was awesome. In the first quarter, I, I remember specifically grabbing two guys, Matt Ryan and an offensive yeah. lineman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that was excellent. We were, that was really impressive. Good. Thanks for good. the call. I appreciate it, Stellas. Let's go to uh, Matt. We're kind of running through calls quick uh, because there are going to be a lot of you, and we want to get to all of you. So, And, and if you've called before, we're going to kind of kick you to the back of the line a little bit, if that's okay, like with Fulton. I, I'm not ignoring you, Fulton. <laughs> But we're uh, we're going to move through the people that that are first time callers tonight first before we get back to you. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing okay, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just glad they won. Uh, you know, we, everybody has to look as a Colts fan that the Raiders isn't the the best of talented teams. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd like to, uh, give a shout out to Ben Banga, Banga because he actually played a lot better than he normally does. He, he talked a lot about how he can't, uh, break away from yeah. an offensive lineman to rush a quarterback. But it, but in tonight's game, they used him more like a linebacker. And I think he played pretty well. You know, I'm gonna have to go back and look at the look at the game tape, look at the video of the all twenty-two and, and see where Ben was. I don't recall I don't recall seeing fifty-two. Maybe at this point I'm just allergic to fifty-two. Hey, wasn't it nice though to see Rocky Seen playing on the other side 
and and doing the same jacked up stuff that he did to the Colts for the last couple of years. Well, that's true. I mean, it was a swap of cornerbacks uh, with us having. Um, we got a, it, uh, Edge and Ngakwe, and and they got Rock. And I, I think even though Ngakwe hadn't played great this year, we still got the better of the deal because. Rock but we is also. We also had that cornerback from them, too, that didn't come in that trade. We had right. that cornerback, uh, and he played better than Rocky Sin did for them. Yes, he um, did. Brandon Faison. Know, yeah, Faison, that's right. Um, so so thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. My pleasure. Let's uh, let's go to Adam. How you doing, Adam? Did we lose you before? If we did, I apologize. Yes. How you doing tonight? How you doing? Doing good. Um, I was just asking, what did you want to talk to me about? Well, you you called a oh what oh I was going to ask you about the defense and how the defense played. Oh yeah, they played well. I felt like um, uh, we played some uh, loose coverage and a lot of the times and let um who's his name, Devontae Adams, going down the field a lot. But yeah. uh, other than that, I liked how they played. Excellent. Thank you very much. I appreciate you calling back. Thank you, Adam. Let's go to Ken. Ken, how you doing tonight? A, uh, a, a, these are a lot more fun when the Colts win, aren't they? Make sure and unmute yourself. And I, I wish I could unmute you guys. That would That would make things easier. But... Uh, the technology will, uh, I'm sure, advance to where I can. Ken, how you doing tonight? All right. Ken is uh, incommunicado, so let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Kent? Uh, you know, my, a big win. <laughs> yeah, it was a big win. My voice is probably going to sound a little raspy. I was screaming my head off. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a there's a lot to take from tonight. Um, Really, I, I was actually pretty impressed with Matt. Uh, I, I, I'm really, I think my position, I'm, I'm really curious what your thoughts are. Sorry if somebody has mentioned it. I kind of hopped in late. Um, what your thoughts are about the rest of the season and where we should be steering this team. Um, because honestly, I was fairly impressed with the offense on a short week, what felt like a short week with the coaching change. Um, yeah. So I don't know if we should... I know everyone is, you're in one of two camps. Either you want to see what this team can do this year or you want to see how high of a draft pick we can get. Where are you on that? What do you think about the quarterback play and, and where should we should be steering this team right now? Well, I'll give you two answers. One is that there's nobody on West 56th Street, and that's where the Colts complex is, that wants to tank or will tank or will be a party to anything that resembles tanking. They are going to compete every single week because that's the way these guys are wired. Jeff Saturday didn't come here for a haircut. He didn't come here to evaluate the roster because he's going to be the next general manager. You can do that anywhere. I mean, you can go up to the damn suite and go ahead and do that. Um, For me, you go and compete, and you try to figure out a way to get into the postseason until that becomes an impossibility mathematically. And right now, you know, the Colts, they're two games back. And, and it's unlikely they're going to get to the playoffs through, you know, traditional uh, divisional championship means. But this is a team that tonight showed something. That offensive line was better. There was the one sack of Matt Ryan for 14 yards, but I blame Ryan for that. I don't think that was an offensive line sack. Uh, Jonathan Taylor upended Max Crosby, hit him in the legs like he's supposed to, cut him so that Ryan would have a, a path to throw. Ryan chose not to throw, and Max Crosby came and got it. That's not on the offensive line to me. Um, this is a team that I think's got a shot to go win some games. They're four, five, and one. They're a uh, a, a missed field goal by Blankenship away from being five hundred after ten games. This isn't a team. I don't think the Hayes in the barn. I, I don't think this is about draft picks at this point. I think they can go out and win football games, and that's what I want to see. I don't want to see the Colts lay down when Nick Sirianni and the Eagles come to town next Sunday or the following Monday night when they play against the Steelers at Lucas Oil Stadium, when they play against the Cowboys. You know, they got a, they do have a tough road to hoe. 
They with the Eagles, Cowboys, and Vikings all coming up uh, in the next four weeks, and the Cowboys and Vikings being on the road. You know, this is not an easy schedule. Um, but still, I, why can't they go out and win these games? You got a dynamic running back. You've got a, an elite level game manager quarterback, and not an elite level quarterback, but an elite level game manager quarterback. And you got a defense that's playing. Uh, they're playing really good football. They're laying it out. So, uh, what do you think? What do you want to see him do? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, if I'm going to watch every week, I'm not going to go watch my team go out there and score 12 points. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously going to be hoping this team continues to win ball games. Honestly, I I hate to bring up. It's I know it. It's not political, but it's almost feel felt like this Jeff Saturday hire has become this. This this inflection point among national media, and it's almost like I was relatively impartial to our schedule, but once everybody in the national media seems to come down on this hire like it's the most egregious thing they've ever seen, considering what happened with Watson, considering what happened with Tua just a couple weeks ago, and this is the most egregious thing everyone's ever seen, I'm sorry, I'm just... I, I feel like now I'm all bought in and I'm like, oh, I hope Jeff never wins and loses another game, you know? So in terms of what I hope to see with this team, that's where I am. Now, we, we've always felt like we're really you know, maybe a quarterback away, maybe a couple receivers, maybe our offensive line plays a little better. Who knows? Maybe Jeff can really get these guys up every week, get them excited. Hell, if this offensive line plays 50% better, we can win some ball games. I totally agree with that. And uh, we're going to talk to Toby. Thank you for the call, Isaiah. I appreciate it. Um, the, the national media can kiss my ass. I don't think they know what in the world they're talking about. And a guy like Bill Cowher hadn't coached in a million years. He sat up on that, that set in New York on CBS being tedious, being boring for all these years. Finally, he steps out on a skinny limb. And who's the attack? Jeff Saturday and, and a guy who gets elevated into a head coaching spot over the top of somebody like Gus Bradley. And, and, and why? I, I just don't get it. I think that Bill Cower picked a, a weird, weird limb to crawl out on. Uh, and tonight, Jeff Saturday, you know, hopefully makes him regret it. You don't, this isn't brain surgery. You're not, you don't have to go to college for like 12 years to become a head football coach in the NFL. This is football. This is about taking a, a, a hunk of leather, an, an inflated hunk of leather, and moving it down the field. You don't have to be a genius to either get that to happen or stop that from happening. you got to have really talented guys doing that on your behalf. And if you have the most talented guys, I could coach an NFL team and get a reasonable result, for God's sake. I, I don't know where these guys get off like Cowher being all pious about what they've chosen to do with their lives. All right, Toby, how you doing? I'm doing good, Kent. How you doing? <laughs> I'm, I do good. Uh, you know, every once in a while, I uh, I rant about things, and I, I chose to, and and now you get to. There's nothing wrong with it. No, <laughs> I, I, I tell you, the one thing that kept resonating me, especially when you went on your live on YouTube there after the game, was I was thinking throughout the game is because I couldn't watch it. I was out of the network, so I was listening to it on the radio with the guys calling it, and I kept hearing a, a pattern. You know, it was for every percent for every statistic they called about the Raiders being, you know, one of this or four, two of this for the you know conversions for the season or whatever. The statistic was pretty similar for the Colts. So yeah. I, I kind of think I was – then when you said on YouTube, you know, is it Julie? She said that they were two teams that were yeah. kind of just playing it out. Two, you know, so I'm trying to manage expectations. I mean, I, I, we beat a team that was is now two and seven. So – or three and – whatever it is. Two and seven, three and seven, or two yeah, and whatever they were. So, yeah, I, I, everybody – I think it, there's a strong point that we – I think that this team – if they were to play today, if we were to have a number one wide receiver, I think that would have made a big difference. We need somebody that's going to pull and scare the crap out of secondaries and cornerbacks. We don't have. Yeah. I mean, that's. No, I think that would be that, a much different team with Devontae Adams on it. That that's for sure. I mean, he ever, I was watching it. And it was like that's all that Carr went to. Yeah. I mean, aside from that, it's like the whole. And in the second half of the, the – it's frustrating in that last portion, that last drive of the of – the, 
Raiders because it was again like it sounded it seemed like the Colts were trying to what is it play to protect not play to win. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that to an extent. I don't mean I don't mean to be a negative Nancy. I just those are I'm trying to keep this in perspective. Like you said, they've got a tough road ahead if they're going to go anything with it. I don't I don't know. You know what, Toby? We had a tough week. We had a hard week. We had the loss in, in New England, and then we had the Monday night kind of weirdness and, and what preceded it in hearing that and seeing the email that Jeff Saturday is going to be that good. You're like, huh? How? Yeah. Okay. All right. We like Jeff Saturday. He's a great guy. And then that night is the press conference set. Uh, Wednesday's another one, and the, the players are trying to figure out, you know, whether they're on Reich's side or, you know, on Saturday's side and blah, blah, blah. And they get yeah. the win today. So Yeah, I'm not going to be a negative Nancy oh, oh. down or anything on it. I just, I think yeah. the media, I, I don't give a damn what the media says because, you know, you've said it and even players say it. doesn't matter who the coach is, doesn't matter who the players are. The, the media drama does nothing but distract. So it matters what goes on outside the field. The media's job is supposed to be to, to you know, inform us fans so we know the inside stuff we don't see on the field, right? So, yeah. I mean, aside from that, I think this is kind of a, a honeymoon phase, if you will, for the Colts and Jeff Saturday. We'll see what happens over the next couple, couple weeks and just manage expectations, you know? I appreciate it. Great call. Thanks so much. Thanks for taking the time, Toby. Brandon. Make sure there you are. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great after that Colts win. Just want to say yeah. negative Nancy's. Get out of town with Frank <laughs> Wright. I'm happy with Jeff Saturday. He's getting the boys rallied. And Bill Cowher can kiss my ass as well. Nice. Nice. Just, we don't need Bill Cowher telling us how things work in, in Indianapolis. He, You know what? He did his damage in Pittsburgh. Now he's he's boring us every single Sunday on, on the CBS uh, pregame and postgame and providing no usable insight or unique insight whatsoever. So maybe he ought to think about, instead of defending coaches, maybe he should think about doing his job as an, an analyst at a little higher level. Hey, let me ask you this, because it, it just kind of occurs to me periodically about Frank Reich. Do you think Frank Reich watched this game? I bet he did due to his relationship with Parks Frazier. Uh, I yeah. was thinking about that as well. And I hope Frank Wright the best. He seemed like a great guy, but his just stagnant attitude on the sideline, it was just getting so old. And I'm glad that Jim Mercer finally did something. Jeff Saturday was a huge surprise just to like everybody else, but I'm uh, definitely pumped up. Hell, I'll go play for him, and I'm 31 years old. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm. I, let's put some pads on and hit somebody. You know, Absolutely. first time I met Tom Allen after he was named defensive coordinator down at uh, IU the year he did that for Kevin Wilson, I, I think I was the first guy to interview him. And in five minutes, I was so fired up, I was ready to run through a wall. Um, <laughs> today, I, I'm not sure what I would do, uh, you know, if, if commanded by, by Tom Allen. But, you know, that's what happens. You know, right. guys, they're promoted to their level of uh, of obsolescence and, and and you move on, and who knows whether Indiana is going to be able to afford to. Thank God this isn't an Indiana football call-in show. Uh, I, I think the app would be doomed. But uh, <laughs> what the Colts did today, I, I thought they showed heart. I thought that they showed some vitality that had been lacking. I like having a head coach who's not calling the plays so he can think about his players instead of his tactics. I really end. I thought at the end of the court, at the end of the half, when the Colts took it down and they got that field goal, which I think was really, really important. Um, that it, Jeff Saturday seemed really, really decisive in a way that Reich would not be. Like Reich rarely called a timeout immediately. Twenty-five seconds left and the clock's moving. Reich would get the timeout with 22 seconds left or 21 seconds left instead of right away, knowing what instinctively what he should do. He's relying on the, you know, the MIT boobs upstairs. And Jeff Saturday was like, timeout, timeout, timeout. And he did it a couple of times. And because of that, three seconds left on the clock in the first half, they go ahead, they get the field goal. And I like decisive leadership. Even if a leader's wrong, I'd rather have a guy be decisive and wrong than kind of namby-pamby and right. 
Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Now, my question is, I want to see what the media does if Jeff Saturday, say he wins six of the last eight and gets us into the playoffs. I want to see what they're going to say about him then. Yeah, well, here's the problem, is that at that point, like people, it's not going to take 15 years of being a video coordinator and then a position coach and then a coordinator in order to get a head coaching nibble. Right. You're not going to be like 60 year old Matt Eberflus getting his first head coaching gig uh, with the Bears after, you know, toiling for like 40 years in virtual anonymity in college football and in the NFL. You're going to have guys. People are going to go hunting for guys like Saturday with, with some pedigree as a player in the league who hadn't done shit as far as being an assistant coach because it worked here. You know what I mean? And that's going to be really, really interesting. I know. I hope so. Well, Ken, it was a pleasure talking to you, buddy, and I always listen to you. And I just downloaded this app tonight. I just want to say thank you for always putting out videos and keeping us up to date on the Colts, buddy. Thanks, Brandon. I appreciate you. And uh, that's very nice of you to say. Let's go to uh, let's go to Rich. How you doing this afternoon, Rick? Yeah, these are a lot more fun when we're celebrating stuff instead of looking forward to a chocolate milkshake, aren't they? Absolutely. It is so much more fun when you have a team that looks like they give a shit, you know? Yeah. It, it's just so nice to have Jeff Saturday given that energy. And when when we heard this, uh, well, first of all, so much has happened this week. I mean, my God. Uh, but when we first got that announcement from Jeff, or I mean, Jim Mercer saying it was going to be Jeff hired, it was just so weird, but honestly, after he uh, shut Doyle down in that, uh, look at yeah. me, no, it's like, yeah, Reich would have never done anything like that. And that's no. the energy that we needed. Um, like screw 1% be- better, screw one and O. Do you think Peyton Manning is going, okay, guys, as long as we're 1% better, it's fine. <laughs> and Jeff Saturday knows that. And then on top of that, all these media gurus and whatnot, Bill Cower, Joe Thomas saying, oh, it's the most egregious thing. Deshaun Watson just got hired by your team, Joe. I don't want to hear it. And then as far as, oh, they're not qualified. um, How many years of experience in journalism and broadcasting do you have, Kent? Me? 32. So how, how do you feel about these stupid NFL players with zero broadcasting and journalism experience getting these jobs over tons of locals who have all the experience. They're cutting the line. It is ridiculous, and it is a absolute disgrace to society. No, you are – it's not a big deal. You think Jeff doesn't know what's going on? The dude is one of the all-time great centers, played with the all, some of the all-time great coaches, everybody. Yeah. How do you feel about everything? I know we've already said, you know – Screw Bill Cower, he can kiss my ass. But how is this just such a big uh, narrative in a, in the media and everything? Just from your insider's perspective. Hey, let me uh, so let me give you some background on me and why I may not have been the most popular uh, manager in in sports media and, and in broadcast media in Indianapolis when I was uh, when I was doing that. I hired. I did exactly what Jim Irsay did. I hired Dan Dockich, who had not worked a day in media. Actually, he had been an intern at the old Wire Radio 1430 here in Indianapolis for a semester. That was his background in, in broadcast journalism. I hired Eddie White, whose, whose background was in shoes. He had worked for, uh, for Logo Athletic and had worked for Reebok. I hired those guys. In at 1070, the fan when we launched hired Bob Kravitz, who is a columnist for the Indianapolis Star. I didn't hire anybody with a background whatsoever in broadcast journalism because that's not what I wanted the thing to be, and that's not what was going to give Indianapolis like the best level of insight that it could get. So the the people who had been standing in line. Now I also hired Michael Grady, who had been standing in line. And and so it, he got a job as well, and and has absolutely flourished as uh, a guy here. And then now he's with the Yes Network in, in New York City, doing great work. But um, you know, I don't think I I don't think that to sit and and talk, I don't think you have to have 
uh, four years of training in a broadcast journalism program in order to be able to do it. You know what I mean? I think Jim Irsay did the right thing. I think he hired with your gut. And this here's another thing, Rick, as long as as long as you asked, um, yeah, when you sit down and, and for people who've worked in departments where they have big meetings, the, the decisions that come out of big meetings are never as forward thinking or as bold or as successful as what comes out of one man's head. Mm-hmm. And, and Jim Ursay, last week, a week ago, oh, let's say five hours from now, said, you know what, to hell with this. Doing it the same old, same old way, isn't working for me, screw it, I'm hiring my guy, I'm bringing him in. And, and either that was going to be a terrible decision and still may wind up being one, or a great decision, but it's not going to be a mediocre decision, as I think his last two hires have been. I think Pagano was the typical NFL hire where you dig up some you know defensive coordinator who got hot a little bit. Frank mm-hmm. Reich, same deal. You know, who who succeeds in doing that? You got to be a little bit bold if you're going to be the best of the 32 teams, right? Absolutely. I mean, you think that everybody who is famous for anything had to go through all these steps just to get there in every single case? No. Don Shula, 33 when he started head coaching. So I don't want to hear anything about, oh, you need to do this and this and this. I mean, Frank Reich was a quarterback in the 80s and didn't get his first NFL head coach job till 2017. You really think that that gave him so much more experience that he was able to turn us into a franchise uh, that is going to win a Super Bowl? No. And, yeah, there's going to be things that only uh, coaches and people going through that line are going to learn, but you're, you're, you can't discredit the experience of an NFL player at all. Um, and one thing that you mentioned about an energy giver versus an energy taker um, yeah. on your YouTube, uh, seeing Nick Cross pat uh, Reich on the back last week, knowing that Reich was in, in deep oh, yeah. shit, like yeah. that's a definite, like that's a rookie player that he should not be having to console the head coach. And I think that is a perfect way to summarize why, you know, Jeff Saturday is just bringing the energy into that leadership that was missing um, from Frank Reich. I appreciate it, Rich. Thanks very much. Uh, have a great evening, and we'll talk to you next week, I hope. Chardal, how you doing? For this, Make sure and understand. There you are. So for this game between the Colts and the, and the Raiders, I think this yeah. should stun many Raider fans because they lost to Jeff Saturday, who has no coaching experience at all. Like, zero coaching experience. This guy... The only coaching experience this guy has was at Hebron Christian Academy. That's the only coaching experience this guy this guy has. After that, he didn't coach anywhere else. So, you know, it was a good hire for the Colts. You know, they got Jeff Saturday, who's a really, you know, he's a really great coach re- replacing Frank Reich. But um, what were your thoughts? I mean, were you pretty surprised when they got Jeff Saturday? Were you oh, like, it's okay, you know, like, it's not a really big deal. But, you know, we, we got somebody in. We'll see what he can prove to the team, you know, if he can oh, if he can bring some depth to the team, you know, because I, I know this guy can bring a lot of depth um, if he, if he puts them, um, you know, if he, if he trains these players hard and these players go out and, 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 and do what they want for him and, and make him proud that he is their coach and then they're going to do whatever they, they, they can do to, to make their coach really proud and, 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 and put, put a smile that, you know, these, these, these are my guys and I'm really proud of these guys going out on the field every single day. Put in their question, um, yeah, I was really surprised that they hired Jeff Saturday. I was I was absolutely stunned, and and thank you for the call. But I didn't think it was necessarily a bad hire because he wasn't experienced. I mean, we we all know football coaches, and they're all wonderful people. But we all watch football, and we know football to an extent. I, I don't think that this game is all that complicated, and and there are there are levels of sophistication. That, that you need to attain in order to be able to coach at a high level. But I think it's much more important that you have the personality of a great coach than the acumen of a great coach in order to be a great coach. I think acumen can be gained, but the spirit bang, of great coaching, bang, the leadership of great coaching cannot. Bandigo, bandigo. Matt, how you doing? 
I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, I'm glad that you brought up his number because it was 58 that I was talking about, Bobby Okariki, that was playing really well in the game. Okay. And um, another thing is, is just oddly enough that Jeff Saturday was hired right after high school football season, and he'll be done before football season starts next year for high school. So maybe it's a situation that they just like his attitude and what he can bring as far as leadership goes for the team. And if he turns out to win the majority of the games uh, until the end of the year, maybe it will really have a shot at uh, getting a a permanent um, job with the Colts or some other team. But uh, it's it's odd that, you know, he could go right back to high school football right after this season. And yeah, he ain't going to coach high school what, football again. But you don't I, think- I'll guarantee you this, that if he wins a couple more games, he will be back. And, and here's the thing about Jeff. And, and I hired Jeff in 2002, his first media job. He did week, uh, like a once a week call in on our morning show with uh, Jeff Pigeon, Terry Stacy, and Steve Simpson. And we talked to a bunch of Colts as, as we tried to vet somebody for that job. And when we sat down with Jeff, it took about 10 seconds to say, okay, that's the guy. Because as soon as you meet him, he is absolutely who he is. And that's what leaders are. Leaders are confident enough in themselves to be who they are and to be humble about it. And that is exactly who Jeff Saturday is. It's who he was 20 years ago. It's who he's going to be 20 years from now. And that's why he is an absolute, uh, to me, a home run as a uh, as a coach. Let's go to let's go to Huyin. How you doing uh, this afternoon? You're new to the show. I I don't recall you, so uh, make sure and unmute yourself. And let's talk about the Colts. How you doing? There you are. All right. Well, we, uh, we did what we could. Okay, oh, there out. you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- thank you, you so think much. What about the game? Oh, my goodness. First of all, like, d- due to my job, uh, I don't get that much time off. And probably a lot of people are like that. And the only thing I want from the team is win or lose. You know, that's the outcome. Sometimes you can play your best game and still lose. But at the yeah. end of the day, just put an effort out there, you know? That what we saw in uh against the Patriots, I was Ken, I was disgusted. I was like, this is not my team. This is not how we should be playing. You know, I'm not take I'm not trying to take off. I'm not trying to do all this. Time I could be spending with family, time I could be spending yeah. doing stuff I need. Right. And what, what I saw last week was just completely completely like disgusting. And I did not like that. And at the end of the day, it's just you go out there and put stuff out. I don't want to you talk know, too much if, about if we feel if we feel like we're investing more energy in watching the games than the players are in playing them, that's not the way it's supposed to work. That that's an equation that's way out of balance. And in today, thankfully, it looked a little bit different. It looked like those guys really balled out and, and did what they could and they whatever kind of happy flight they have on their way back from Vegas, they have deserved. Yep, and definitely, I'm really, really happy for Matt Ryan. Uh, the, the guy yeah. felt bad for the guy because we promised him the world. You know what I mean? We're like, hey, we'll give you a great old line. You got the best back uh, in, in 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 the NFL, and you got some weapons. And then literally, the man was just getting crushed day in and day out. And today, yeah. he balled his ass out. That run, I was yeah. screaming so loud, I woke up everybody in the house. Like, I was, <laughs> I was like, go, like, uh, but no, Ken, I love what you're doing. I always watch your stuff. Uh, I'll definitely try to jump in. I always wanted to come in, but like I said, with my schedule and stuff, it's tough. And the other thing I just want to say about the Jeff Saturday situation. Yeah. Like, he's an interim coach. Like, why are people making it seem like this is a permanent position? I, I, I've been in coaching before, uh, which is soccer. not a, But if you fire a head coach, which happened to us once uh, during my uh, playing days, I used to I, – I, I played for Ohio State. Literally, it, it, if you if, – let's say you, you take one coach – you let's say you take the head coach, you fire him, and if you try to hire within, it's very difficult because now that other some other coach has to replace the other coach that you replace. You see what I'm saying? How complicated yeah. it gets. So this yeah. is a very smart move, bringing a new guy who already knows the system, not the system. I mean the the culture, because that's the number one thing we always preach about is culture, culture, culture. 
and let's cancel out the noise. Listen, they didn't care about the national media didn't care about the coach that much. We're not now it's our turn to mute them out. All we care about is going out there and perform. And I hope to God we come out and beat these Eagles and tell them, show everybody how serious we are because we're a great team. Like we look down on board. We are a great team. We can beat the bet. We can play with the best of them and, and we can go there. It just can we click it. But uh, thank you for the time. Appreciate it. My pleasure. And and thanks for coming in to the call in and, and thanks for watching on YouTube and, and thanks for working so hard. You know, people, if people don't just work hard at football. They work hard at all kinds of stuff. No, thanks. How you doing tonight? I'm having myself a really good night because of the Colts game. I'm guessing you're the same way. Yeah, I'm absolutely. This is so much more fun after a win. And and a previous caller brought up the the Nick Cross, Pat and Frank Reich on the back last week, and it, it was it was so funereal. There was such a a, a sense of mourning last week as Frank Reich kind of looked at his chart on the sideline with his ever changing reading glasses and 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 led that team to an absolute debacle in in Foxborough. This is much happier and uh, good for Jim Irsay for seeing how it could get done. We'll see what happens uh, the last seven games of the season, but tonight it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it certainly was. And what, what I thought was cool was not only the, the higher level of energy that we seem to see out on the field there tonight, but the offensive line seemed to play with uh, uh, a lot more authority uh, they seemed less confused by uh, the defensive front in front of them, a lot less missed assignments on the O-line. And I want to get your thoughts on what you saw out there, whether that was the Raiders being less creative than other teams have been against the Colts O-line with their uh, defensive fronts, or whether Jeff Saturday has uh, has brought some higher level play from, from our highly paid O-line. That's an interesting question, and here's the answer to me. The Raiders suck. The Raiders are really, really bad. Their, their, their defensive backs are among the worst in football collectively. And other than Max Crosby, who going into tonight's game had six uh, sacks, the rest of the team total had three. This is a team that doesn't get to opposing quarterbacks well. They don't cover well. They are the worst pass defensive unit in the NFL and I think that the Colts took advantage of that tonight. And good for them for doing it. You can only play the team that you play. And so they got this done. That's a really, really good thing. And I'm very, very happy about it. Um, so, you know, good for them. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Chuk. Uh, make sure and unmute yourself. How you doing tonight? Uh, big Colts win. Matt Ryan kind of coming back from his exile. And, uh, man, he, he looked relatively good. Not good enough to win a game, but it's Chuck. Hey, Kent, good evening. Good evening, Chuck. There's, there's three things I really wanted to highlight that I thought the Colts did well. I really got to give it up to Parks. I feel like he did really good for his first time of calling plays on that level yeah. I think he did a pretty good job establishing the run early staying with it uh, I think the offensive line as well done pretty good with the issues that have been going on earlier in the season and lastly uh, I'm actually happy that Matt Ryan got the start I don't think with Sam Ellinger it would have been the offense would have been as productive with him under center now can you imagine that team with Sam Ellinger in his first career start, Jeff Saturday in his first career game, Mark Spring in his first career game, uh, that was a unit to get at a couple of times. That line broke steady to Jeff, and I think they were being called to really Thank you, Chuck. Call. Let's go to uh, let's go to Chris. How you doing, Chris? Make sure and uh, hold on. There we go. Got to remove Chuck. Is that? I don't know whether he's at the airport. I think he's uh, he's he's like the the flag man out there uh, bringing in jets to the uh, to the terminal. It sounded like that was quite loud. Chris, how you doing? Good, Kent. How are you? Can you hear me? I'm okay. Good. Can, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear uh, you. Okay. 
Um, so I'm calling in. Uh, I watch all your stuff on YouTube. You and I kind of have butted heads on a couple of things here and there. Um, but that said, uh, one thing I just want to bring up, um, I was a, one of the uh, – first off and foremost, I'm happy for Saturday to get this win. I, I'm not yeah. going to deny that I feel like this was a little bit of a layup. Um and we'll find it. We'll see. Um, I If we're competitive next week, I'll feel totally differently. But I'm happy for Saturday, especially to shut Bill Cowher's dumbass up. But um, the, the one thing I, that really kind of spoke true to me is I was one of the people actively saying that we should have got rid of Wright after the debacle of last season. Um, coming into today with a coach who's never coached a college or a pro game ever, an offensive play caller that's never called plays. How bad does that make Reich look, Kent? Well, I, who's it make look worse, Reich or Josh McDaniels? You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, piss on Frank Reich's career grave. Um, I, I know that he looked a little baffled periodically and, uh, didn't comport himself kind of in that, in, in a caller previous mentioned this, but in that initial press conference in, in Jeff's first meeting with the media on Wednesday, like Jeff, Greg Doyle asked him a question and then basically called him a liar. And Jeff looked at him and said, look at me. You're going to ask questions, and I'm going to tell you how it is. And he like he laid it out, and that's what leaders do. Yeah, Frank Reich would never have done that ever. All Frank Reich wanted to do was string together words until time expired, and he got to go do something else when he dealt with the media. Like to me, real guys put media people in their place when they kind of. When, when media people get a little bit self-important and sort of go on the attack. And, and I thought Jeff did a wonderful job with Greg Doyle. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Thanks, Kent. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Fulton. How you doing, Fulton? Hey, Kent. Hey. Um, so you're going to get a chocolate milkshake for the celebration? No, no, they won. I only get milkshakes when they lose. When they lose, you kind of need something to make you feel better. So I go down to Sundays at 79th and Fall Creek down here by the, uh, by the Kroger, and uh, they hook me up with a chocolate malt, and, and everything's better after a chocolate malt. When the Colts win, I, I have no need for a, uh, you know, a dairy-based uh, sweet sort of uh, uh, consolation prize. Nice. Yeah, but thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks oh, for welcome. thinking of me. Uh, uh, Isaiah, how you doing tonight? Uh, make sure and unmute yourself. There you are. Hey, what's going on, Kent? Uh, I actually just have uh, two thoughts. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, I think he was a first-time caller. He said he worked a lot. Um, he yeah. talked about effort. He talked about effort. And I'm just curious your thoughts about watching guys like Kenny they're late in the game. Stand around when there was a tackle. He could have pulled Devontae Adams back. Did you? I'm sure you noticed yeah. that moment. They're late. I'm just curious. I don't know if it's just. I, I don't want to question somebody's effort just straight up, but it kind of makes you think. I mean, what are you thinking there? Like, why are you not engaging in the tackle, trying to get your guy back? I mean, we're in crunch time. At that, do you have any thoughts about that? And then I have actually a follow up question. I do have one thought about it. I watched the the Bears Lions game today. Uh, which preceded the the Colts and the Raiders. Uh, it was the game prior on uh, on Fox, and I thought, you know what? When I was watching the Colts, Matt Eberflus, now the head coach uh, of the Bears, would not have put up with that shit at all. Like Matt graded guys based upon lo- what he called loafs, and I saw Kenny. Now Kenny made a couple of really really good plays and a couple yes. of plays that that made this game winnable for the Colts. So we don't want to discount that, but there were a couple of times with Kenny where I thought, you know what, that would have been a loaf. Right. Right. I totally agree. And, uh, uh, my follow-up is, um, really about coaching in general. And I don't want to be one of those people that's going to over-exaggerate to one win against a bad ball team. But, you know, if the qualifications for being a head coach are so stringent, 
then in reality, the way national media has made this out to be, Jeff Saturday shouldn't have had a shot today. They shouldn't have scored a point if you, right. the way they framed head coaching. So I want to know, is today and going forward maybe a little bit of an indictment and that sort of, um, that sort of framing of head coaching and qualifications is at jeopardy. And that's why guys like Coach Cower and, and got other guys in national media are so, uh, are so, uh, bothered by the hire you think it's maybe a threatening to the hierarchy the way it's been for so many decades what do you think yeah i don't think there's any doubt about that i i think that's exactly right you know and and people inside the nfl will tell you that too yeah it, it's all about talent i mean if you look at chuck pagano's career chuck pagano when he had a good team and that extends back to his year as the defensive coordinator for the Ra- the ravens he's a hell of a defensive coordinator yeah. when he had ed reed and and Ray Lewis. And without them, he wouldn't have been as good. And if you look at Reich, Reich was really good with Philadelphia when he had weapons and a really good offensive line, and the Eagles had a tremendous defense. He was really, really good. If you got great players, you're going to win football games. And if you have bad players, you're going to lose them. You know, it, and that's why it, it really – like replacing Frank Reich, I think it was time that that happened because I think players had kind of tuned him out. And and he was no longer a, a voice of authority that people, yeah. like, I don't want to say respected. I think they respected him, but maybe they didn't fear him as much as yeah. they need to in football. Yeah. And, and now they got a guy who's going to hold them accountable and is communicating with them on a different level. And I think that's really important. Right, right. You know, I, I I don't want this to go on too far, too long, but I really feel like I hate to bring up Mike Vrabel because I cannot stand the Titans. Obviously, they're a rival. I want to see the Titans never win another game. But it's really hard to not look at how the Titans are run, how they've run their franchise, and specifically how Mike has been able to get the best out of that roster and not think, man... You know, maybe maybe just a t- tough, some tough love and some and some tough coaching is what it takes. I mean, it's kind of amazing what he's been able to do over there in Tennessee. You know, the other thing is he's doing it with a guy who used to play here and and a guy that uh, Chris Ballard and Frank Reich thought, well, we can do it without him, and right. that's Danico Autry. Yeah. You know, uh, Danico Autry is missed in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and uh, that is partially. That's partially Mike Vrabel's, you know, doing. And so good for him. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Good good stuff. Uh, let's go to Abkul. Abkul, how you doing? Uh, following up on what uh, that other guy said, man, I mean, I, I, I hate to say this, Kim, but I do not like seeing the Titans winning. I'll tell you that much. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's me. But, hey, I'll, I'll just say two facts right off the bat. So first one, I mean, I'm just going to spit this out here. The Colts defense has held non-divisional opponents to 20 points or less, Ken. And yeah, you could say 26-3 with that uh, the Patriots game. But actually, that was a pick six. So technically, they held them 19. But that is a really good stat to go along with that. Ever the Colts offense scores more than 20 points, who know? Now with beating the Raiders. So, I mean, what do you think of those facts, Ken? No, I agree with you 100%, and, and I think it's a shame that the Colts have allowed this sort of non-rivalry from our perspective with the Titans to become a rivalry. Yep. You know, it, it used to kind of be you go down to Nashville once a year, you kick their ass, you come home, <laughs> you kick their ass here, and you hang banners for AFC South championships. And and yep. now we got to go through Tennessee, and we're shooting up toward them and I don't like it one bit. I totally agree with you. Thanks very much for the call, Ab. Cool. I appreciate it. Let's go to Rich. Rich, how you doing? Hey, Ken. It's me again. Uh, now that I've got the positive stuff out, I do want to complain just a little bit about a sure. Mr. Uh, Chris Ballard. Uh, let's ignore the offensive line for now, but um, I just want to say, you know, we love our guys, but we need a Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, A.J. Brown, somebody like that, because, like, Pittman and Campbell love those guys. They aren't burning tacklers like Devontae did to us all day. He accounted for almost all of their yards, it seems. And then add the fact that McDaniels was almost our coach. Like, thank God he's a snake. And thinking about the fact that we could have had Vrabel, like Isaiah, Isaiah mentioned, 
brings so much energy and brings so much out of guys like Tannehill. Like, are, are you serious? We're losing to a team starting Ryan Tannehill, which, yeah, sure, he's fine, but that's not the guy the guy that should be leading the AFC South, in my opinion. So, again, Ballard just, in my opinion, keeps showing more and more reasons why we, in my opinion, need to move on. Um, and then uh, I was just wondering what you're thinking about that and if you've heard anything additional be, uh, about the status of Ballard. No, I haven't heard anything. Uh, Ursay on Monday night said that it had, replacing him, I believe he said, hasn't even entered my conscious thought. I, I don't, I, I'm not sure what that means. But I, I don't think, like, here's the thing with, with Chris. And Chris, I, I think he's a really good guy. And, and I like him. But he gets prickly. And like with Kevin Bowen asking him mm -hmm. about receivers. And then so Monday night, instead of sort of climbing on board the Saturday train or talking about that, he, he talks about how people in the media have kicked the shit out of him over the wide receivers and blah, 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 blah. And, but now it's the offensive line. That's the, the highest paid down. offensive line in the NFL. That's also the worst, it's by right. the way. So Why would you bring that up? <laughs> for God's sake, it's not the media's fault. So, but exactly. what he's got to be is he's got to stop being intractable about his dogma, his ideology mm -hmm. of building from the inside out. He's got to relax that somehow or another, or Ursay's going to have to go get another guy. And the reason that Reich was replaced by Saturday and, and Ursay's methodology is never too hard to kind of pick apart, never too hard to uh, sort of, you know, look at and uh, figure. It's not sausage. Right. It, it, <laughs> what it was, he needed people he can trust. And he didn't trust Frank as a leader. And I don't think that he trusts Chris. And so mm -hmm. he started making decisions. And once he started making decisions, the first one being that Wentz had to go, so find mm -hmm. a new home for him, and they did with Washington. Once that happened, once that train left the station, it was just a matter of time for Frank and I think, unfortunately, for Chris. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I consume a lot of Colts media, and everything I've seen from Ballard, like, is mostly positive, but there's a solid amount of examples where he seems to just take things a little too personally. Yeah. And I think that's holding him back, honestly. And with the change that we've had with Saturday and Parks Frazier, by the way, outside of the two-point conversion calls, I loved the play calling today. Yep. Um, there's been a lot of positive change just this week, like the first big Taylor touchdown run of the season, first touchdown since week one from him. Matt Ryan again coming up and getting another fourth quarter comeback. I think he's now four, five fourth quarter comebacks this year and four game winning drives. I mean, yep. that call by Saturday to kind of shock everybody. I was not expecting that. We were thinking Ellinger was going to play. I love that call. And, you know, everybody's saying that Jeff Saturday is going to be a yes man. Well, apparently not, because Jim was definitely the one who made the Ellinger call and Saturday's putting Matt Ryan in. So I'm looking forward to what we got. But as far as Ballard, I think it might be time for a change. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Mike. Mike, how you doing tonight? How are you? I'm good. I'm happy. Uh, you know, winning shows are always more fun. Yes, sir. I agree. I agree. Uh, so my question for you was, do you think the Frank Reich era could have worked if he just didn't uh, have play calling duties? I think it would have been better. You know, and I think you saw that today. I think you saw that, like, coaches can be more decisive when they're not operating on two tracks simultaneously. And, and I thought that Jeff Saturday at the end of the first half and using timeouts and kind of getting that team in the right rhythm, I, I thought that that was really good in a way that Frank Reich rarely was. And I think the reason for that is that, when, like I said, when you operate on two tracks, you don't service any of them. For sure, for sure. I saw something on Twitter today from someone in Colts Media saying that um, Jeff Saturday oversimplified the playbook um, with the coaching staff and made it really easy for the players. Do you think that just kind of shows that Frank Reich was like kind of outsparting himself? I think that Frank Reich was guilty of that a lot. I, I think he outsmarted himself a lot. I think he got too clever for the room. And sure. and that is that's always a mistake. I, I think you've got to, like, as a manager in, in business or as a coach in sports or a manager in baseball, the thing that you've got to do first is service your employees, service your staff. 
And you've got to make sure that they're in a position to do their best work. And I don't think that that was always the focus with Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich kind of had an offensive ideology that he felt needed to be advanced. And I, I don't think that that's, that's necessarily the best way to lead. I, I think you got to sit down with your guys. And as he said, he did with Matt Ryan and say, okay, what do you do? Well, what can we do? How can this operate? But I think you need to be broader based in doing that. And I think that Jeff Saturday is. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate Thanks, it. Let's go to Chris. Chris, how you doing tonight? Hey, Ken. Uh, calling back. I apologize. My connection was a little bad last time I uh, I reached out. But um, hey, I got a quick question for you, and I just want to hear your um, your take on this. Um, say Saturday comes in and performs better than uh, everyone is anticipating. We finish the season eight eight and one. What yeah. do you, what do you do at quarterback next season? Oh wow, I I think that that depends upon like Matt Ryan's uh, feeling moving forward. I think that the guy, look, the guy who, who's entering his late 30s, he usually knows when it's time at, at a level that others don't. And, and so if Matt Ryan says, you know what, it's time I got to go, you let him go and you don't argue with him. If he says, I still got it, uh, like I can still play, I know I can help this team win. You, you've got to figure out what that means to you because he's going to count a whole lot of money against the cap. If you don't do something with him it, by March, you're on the hook for another $17 million. Right. And, and that is a, that's a bitter pill to swallow. So there's some financial obligations that need to be met if he stays that are going to cause kind of a, a salary cap hell. Next mm-hmm. year, it's going to make it really, really tough for this team to get better. But if he's the guy, I mean, if he if he winds up leading this team, they're four, five, and one. So eight, eight, and one would be four and three from this point on, and five and three from the time that Saturday got the job. Ursay has said that he would like to see him finish nine, seven, and one. If either of those two things happen. That means that Matt Ryan has shown that in the second half of this season, he's the guy you can win with. And, and so yeah. I would, I'd take that into heavy consideration as I, I thought about what I was doing. Plus, if they're there, if they're 8-8-1, eight, eight, they're going to they're gonna draft 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, somewhere in that neighborhood, right. and you're not going to get a starting quarterback. So, you know, what, what do you do? Go, go get Mitch Trubisky? Next year. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. Yeah, Marcus <laughs> Mariota. I, I don't know where you go for a quarterback at that point. So they yeah. kind of painted themselves in a corner. We'll see where they go. All right. Thanks, Ken. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Matt. Matt, how you doing tonight? Make sure and unmute yourself. I got a really quick question. Uh, sure. there, there had been a couple of people saying, about the way Jeff Saturday was calling the game was bad. And I think the two, uh, both two point conversions was the right call. And, uh, and, and then maybe you can answer me this question. When was the last time that Frank Wright had, uh, won a challenge? And I, I thought he made a good call there too. You know what? Um, he did. And, and the call was overturned. And so that was good. Reich really, I, I think the first challenge for Reich this year was last week, I believe. Um, so, you know, Reich hadn't been either bad or good. He just hadn't been in a position where a, a call needed to be challenged. Um, but I thought that Saturday going for two, here's the thing about going for two, and you don't get it. And, and that winds up being okay because then the Raiders go for two and they don't get it. If the Colts had kicked the extra point, the first one, right, where they went for two, if they had kicked the extra point, then the Raiders would have kicked the extra point where they tried for two. So it wound up being even Steven. Uh, that didn't bother me. I thought that the last one was exactly the right thing to do because at that, at that period in the time, and I, I hate to go into math, like I'm some MIT guy sitting up in the suite. But they if they if they make an extra point, they're up five, they're up twenty-five to twenty. If they make the extra point, they go up six. But the Raiders they would have needed a a touchdown anyway. You know what I mean? So there's no difference. 
between yeah. four and five. If they had lost a point and gone back to three, that that'd be terrible. But in, in, to- in both cases, they made it a touch. They could have made it a touchdown score. Uh, right. So you aren't losing anything out because you're still ahead by five, and right. a field goal isn't going to win the game for you. But in both times, they try to go for two. They would have made it a seven point game. Yes. And, and so I was behind it both times. And the first time was right at the end of the third quarter. And so I was a little bit like, ah, that's kind of 50 50, but okay, cool, roll the dice. The last one to me, to put it in Frank Reich's vernacular, it was a strong go or a dark green. So there you go. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Brandon to wrap things up tonight. Brandon, how are I'm you? I'm good. I just wanted to get a shout out to the O line because we didn't hear uh, Jones's name one time today from the Raiders' defensive line. We heard about Crosby a couple times, but I think they did pretty damn good today. I could not agree more. That is a great positive point to go out on. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Um, And and thanks to everybody for joining joining us tonight and uh, and having some fun with some post-game talk. Went almost exactly an hour. How about that for timing? That's fantastic. Thanks. And, and a reminder, tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. Cannot wait to talk to you then. And uh, tomorrow afternoon, Inside Indiana Sports Now, available really everywhere, but uh, live on YouTube. And my YouTube channel, all you need to do to find it is, is go to Kent Sterling and, and subscribe. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I, I appreciate it.